0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,765. March is Women's History Month, and today is International Women's Day. So I thought it appropriate to have a guest on the show who's calling in from the UK. Here on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating women in the automotive sector by having 23 inspiring automotive enthusiasts throughout the month of March. These are all women who are shifting the conversation. over the pond, as they say, with a very special guest to celebrate Women's History Month and Women's International Day by the name of Angela Huka. Angela, welcome to Karja. Yeah. Are you uh, ready to put it in gear and release the clutch?
1: I am as ready as I'll ever be. I feel like I'm on the starting line of a hill climb.
0: Well, we'll have some fun, that's for sure. Now, before I do a proper introduction with you, what's one thing that most people may not know about you, Angela?
1: I think most people will know about me that I'm passionate about cars and Bugatti's, but I'm also passionate about rock music and met my husband at a music trade show in Frankfurt. He's a professional musician, and live rock music is one of my absolute passions.
0: Okay, well, uh, let's see. Give me a couple great bands, live rock band concerts you've been to.
1: Aerosmith, many, many times. I think they'd be the top of my list of live performances. Robert Plant, not with the rest, but individual solo performance, amazing. Um, And so on. I've been to festivals of rock concerts and uh, Extreme, another very good band, Joe Satriani, rock guitarist. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just a a few cool ones. I'm thinking back to when I was in high school, some of the The rock bands I got to go see in person way back now. I'm much older than you, so this will date me a little bit. But Fleetwood Mac, back in the day, that was pretty cool. Rolling Stones in Los Angeles. Yeah. Very cool indeed. Yeah, the good old days. Well, rock and roll music, and you can see from uh, my wall behind me, the uh, Fender Strat on the wall, which is the Hot Rod Edition. They only made 200 of those, so we're in good place here today with some rock music, but more importantly, we're here to talk about Bugatti. So let me give you a proper introduction. Angela Hookah is the curator at the Bugatti Trust Museum and Study Center in Prescott in the United Kingdom. She's been passionate about historic cars and more specifically those French cars, Bugattis, for a long time really for as long as she can remember. A summer job as a teenager involved archiving the Roland Bugatti estate. Now, Roland was the son of the great Ettore Bugatti. And fortunate timing involved access to drives of Bugattis, including all types, plus the magnificent 57G Le Mans car and a baby Bugatti. Pretty cool. A recent highlight was organizing the return of the extraordinarily original and historic type 5950B Villemilie. Am I saying that right? Vimille. Ah, oh, well, your French is much better than mine, that's for sure. <laughs> the Vimille Bugatti uh, to Prescott after 80 years and running the first ever virtual vintage Bugatti day back in November of 2020, which saw the original Prinetti and Suchi tricycle built by Ettore Bugatti come to the trust. We'll be back in just a minute to talk more with Angela about these magnificent French vehicles. But first... A word from our sponsors that make this show possible. So we're in the UK today, International Women's Day, having fun with the great Angela Hookah. We'll be right back. The best way to protect and preserve your vehicles, along with the meanings, memories, and experiences they give you, is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover from my friends at Covercraft. At Covercraft.com, you'll find a multitude of options, including form-fit, fleece satin, And their unique view shield. Yeah, you can see right through the cover. Need a cover that will protect your rides outside? Quality options include Weather Shield, Weather Shield HD, Weather Shield HP, Sunbrella, Reflect, Carhartt Evolution, and of course, NOAA. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, and watercraft too. Custom made covers for any vehicle, you can get them from Covercraft. Shield your vehicles from the rain, the snow, the sun's damaging rays with soft, safe, breathability, dust protective, and ding protection, and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. Live in a windy area? Covercraft Gust Guards are a must-have option. Worried about theft? You can get cable locks with their built-in grommets that keep your cover on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and I'll tell you, they're talented customer service department they will walk you through any. Of your questions, you want a deal? Use the code Yeah21 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order thanks to me. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code Yeah21 at checkout. I've been protecting my vehicles with their covers since 1975. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance—that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. With all the time, effort, and money you've put into your classic vehicles, do you know how much you would receive if yours was stolen, damaged, or totaled in an accident or a fire? Your regular auto insurance carriers won't tell you until after the claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With an agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you'll get with an agreed value policy. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today for a quote at 866 aci Yeah, that's 866 and protect the ones you love. Tell them Mark Green at Cars Yeah sent you. That's American Collector's Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, folks just like you and me. All right, Angela, we are back. So let's take a deeper dive into the corner and have you share more about what you're doing there, what the trust is all about, your role today, why you find getting up out of bed and going to work every day so much fun. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires spinning a little bit here on Cars. Yeah. So Angela, I know you've done this many times. Take the wheel.
1: Thank you for giving me the steering wheel. (laughs) The Bugatti Trust Museum and Studies Centre by its name, you'll see we've got a museum section where we have exhibitions and stage events and but also it's a study centre which is very, very close to my heart. The setup was opened thirty one years ago next month. So you can imagine we were planning some wonderful thirtieth anniversary celebrations last year, which didn't happen. <laughs> we thought we'll celebrate 30 plus one this year. But um, the second part of the name, Study Centre. So our aims and objectives are to use our beautiful archive, which has tens of thousands of documents and photographs and technical drawings, to study them and further the understanding of Bugatti.
0: Well, it sounds magnificent. In our pre-show chat, I was speaking with Angela about the time I got to visit the Bugatti Museum in France, which was quite spectacular. In fact, I was at Retromobile back in 2011, and there was a gentleman there who did some magnificent pencil drawings with some colors added of Bugattis. And I bought two of them. One of them is of an engine hanging in the factory, and another was of an absol- of a car. I ended up giving that to a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. But I love these vehicles. I love what's great about them. We're going to talk more about why these have been such an important part of your life. But I would love for you first to share a driving inspiration, maybe a key mentor in your life, someone that's helped you be successful. Who was that person, and what was it they did that helped you out so much
1: I can't remember a time where I wasn't mentored it felt like I was mentored from the beginning I had um, an incredibly supportive father who thought women could do any job possible study whatever they wished for and dra- tri- surely drive any car they wanted to <laughs> um, and then through the Bugatti community throughout my life there have been incredible men and women who just were very generous with their knowledge and uh, letting me drive their cars, sharing their passion, their stories, and uh, and I, I was very lucky. And I think in particular, the Conway family probably stands out. Hugh Conway Sr., who wrote all these extraordinary go-to books about Bugattis and um, was the founder and really the brain behind the Bugatti Trust, he, um, he was um, very, very good. Connected to my family, and when I first moved to England, he mentored me and took me to degree shows with students, design students, and this love for seeing what Bugatti, Bugatti engineering, Bugatti design can inspire young people to do was incredibly interesting. And uh, and then when I got involved in the Bugatti Trust many decades later to rediscover that same passion for combining history and teaching, engineering design and And art was just fabulous. And uh, I'm definitely mentored by by everyone I work with. I come across my trustees. It feels like this ongoing learning and uh, mentoring process. I also enjoy writing. And uh, someone like uh, Mick Walsh gave me the opportunity to write several articles. And even when they needed a lot of work was constructive in his criticism and made me want to write more. And uh, and I think that's sort of the, the list of people who've mentored me and are still mentoring me is very long indeed.
0: Well, it's such an important part of anybody's success. Mick Walsh, I got to meet him on the lawn at Pebble Beach several years ago. Yeah, a legend. Uh, absolutely. So we think about women since this is International Women's Day and you're the featured guest on International Women's Day, which is very fun for me and quite an honor. How would you advise other women, young or old, that want to get into the automotive sector? It's becoming more and more inclusive for women, but there's still kind of the old boy school and some of those things that we're battling against. How would you advise other women who are seeking get in, getting into a career like you've had so that they can be as successful as you've been?
1: Thinking about... Possibly my way, um, my my career path, which was quite unexpected because this is a second career after many, many decades in public relations um, working for I work for Christie's and for Cartier. I think there are, the women that I see in the historic car movement, which is the one I'm more familiar with there's a lot of women running very, very major clubs, uh, like the BCC, the BOC. Um, there's a lot of women working in restoration companies. And as far as the old boys network, I don't see it so much in the UK for sure. I see people following their dreams and being given opportunities. And if I look at your list of guests as well, I mean, you no know, CC being a judge and doing her thing. And, uh, there is a lot of fabulous women out there who are doing their thing. So I think the tide has shifted. And I think women celebrating women is fantastic. Men celebrating women is fantastic. And there are more opportunities than there used to be.
0: Absolutely. And I'm happy to bring all these great guests to the show. You mentioned Cece. Uh as we talk, she's down on a beach in Mexico. I keep seeing pictures of her in this warm Mexican beach. I'm like, Cece, you're killing me. Uh, yeah, she was a great show. For any of you listeners that missed my talk with Cece, what a magnificent woman she is and what she does. So you got to go back and listen to that show. All my past guests who are women have been, uh, are still on the Carsia yeah website. So you can listen to all of them. There's even a category under the... uh Uh, tab at the top of the page. Let's talk more about the Bugatti Trust in the Museum and what you're really doing there because this is so much more than just a place to come and walk around and look at beautiful old vehicles. The word trust in and of itself identifies there's something different going on here. So let's talk about more of what you do to Help people understand the history of Ettore Bugatti, the automobile, the magnificence that it is, and uh,
1: how people, what people can expect to see when they come to this museum. Ideally, when people come and see the museum, they'll see something different every time. That's sort of <laughs> a personal, a question of pride that we do change the exhibits, and we've got main summer exhibitions and uh, and. I think uh, going down a rabbit hole is is an expression used a lot at the moment, talking about the internet and all the rest of it. But when you do research and documents, these rabbit holes are everywhere. So part of my day job is to try and stay focused on one topic, because when you work with very, very big archives, there's so much material you come across that you weren't expecting that the temptation is to oh we can do this in September why don't we do this in 2022 and uh, so hopefully when people come um, once a year or twice a year they see different things and the idea you use the word trust the Bugatti Trust was set up as an educational charity so a UK registered charity independently funded with clear aims and objectives to encourage the next generation of designers and engineers they don't, in my book, have to be automotive designers. We work with a university who regularly comes, well, outside COVID days, um, regularly brings us groups of students to study in Tori Bugatti's work, Rembrandt Bugatti, Carlo Bugatti. We've got examples of various members of the family, Lydia Bugatti drawings, and ask them to create a product based on what they've seen. And two years ago, the product challenge was for a coffee machine.
0: Wow. How cool is that? And do some of these products end up being actual products that are
1: manufactured and sold? Do they get that far down the line? I wish because one of the coffee makers would look fantastic in my kitchen. But, uh, <laughs> no, they remain theoretical, um, projects, um, and they have to work towards a budget, but, uh, we are involved in the process of giving them feedback. Um, we are sort of the imaginary client and, uh, Every year there's a winner of the Bugatti Trust Prize and we do challenges with engineering students as well. And it's great because you see what they discover in Bugatti coming at it with fresh eyes, not having spent their life looking at cars or archives or documents. They come at it from a purely visual point of view and how it inspires them.
0: Share a little bit more about Bugatti design, because when most people hear that word, they think of uh, the Type 35, the race car, the beautiful cars, the Royale, these incredible vehicles. But the design elements that came out of Bugatti were so much more than that. I purchased a beautiful reproduction, was made down in South America, of a Bugatti Vice put on a bench. Yeah, it looks like a bullet or something like that. I gave it to a friend for Christmas. And uh, they did so much more. And you mentioned uh, uh, drawings and artifacts and things like that. So share a little bit more about all the different facets of this beautiful diamond that is Bugatti.
1: Vittori Bugatti had this very strong belief that he could probably design most things better than anyone else. So he was a compulsive creator. He walked around with a pencil. Part of working through the archives, we discovered uh, the Roland Bugatti estate that I mentioned to you, was to see that he sketched a lot during the Christmas period, because clearly he was having downtime, sitting at home, and what does Ettore Bugatti do when he's not in the factory? He does some more creating and drawing. And one of the original suitcases we worked through had a concept for a shoe, where each little toe had its own compartment. As far as I know, that has not gone into production. But he thought, why don't we try this? The same with the vice. He just looked at things and thought, I can do this better and gave it a go. And uh, when you talk about the lines of the cars, if you think the later years, a lot of the work was done by Jean Bugatti, a lot of the design work. And uh, I always think if Jean Bugatti hadn't died at such an early age, who knows what the Bugatti factory would have become?
0: Oh, I can't imagine. It would have been magnificent. What's the favorite part? For you, of your role there at the Bugatti Trust Museum,
1: I don't know what it says about my attention span, but the fact that every day is different is probably one of <laughs> the most exciting elements because you just don't know what you're going to discover, who you're going to talk to. We get to work with people all over the world—restorers, researchers, enthusiasts—and the fact that is there's this multi-generational sharing of learning. So I can have a five-year-old coming through the door who's never seen a Bugatti before, but he got very excited because the Bugatti he was looking at had the same colours as his little toy speedboat. And we worked out that his little boat was called Pilar. And I said, well, so your boat is red and yellow and has a Spanish name. Now you're standing in front of an original Type 51 Bugatti that is red and yellow. Do you know what? Do you know what the connection is? Why it's red and yellow? Because it had a Spanish owner. And he just thought that was absolutely magical. And he stood in front of this Type 51, which Chiron had raced. It's a very historic car and smiled like it was Christmas. And uh, I know he, learned the parents were delighted. It made my day. And then some other day we might have someone who's in their early 90s sharing some knowledge and some stories. I, I just think it's, 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 it's wonderful.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you put a spark in that young person's mind that'll be there forever. We'll always think of that moment and remember that time. So it's absolutely brilliant. Now you worked for some heavy hitters in the PR industry back in the days, but you shifted to automobiles. So when did you realize that the right roadway to go down was one that had a, a Bugatti on it?
1: I think I just, I just like the actual reality of an engine roaring i love the smell of cars i love walking into our museum space and i can smell engines (laughs) we did an exhibition at the nec a few years ago with only original grand prix cars on the stand and people were walking around saying we can't believe this and i said that we have this display so you can see them you can have a look and one person walked on the stand and just inhaled and he said i can tell these cars are all raced. yes (laughs) (laughs) they're Uh, the fact that the museum, um, the Bugatti Trust, is based by Prescott Hill Climb is obviously um, quite joyful because we get to get involved in events on the hill. And as I said, when the uh, Vimeil car came two years ago, it was the celebration of 80 years since the car had last been in the UK and at Prescott because it didn't leave France anymore after 1947. But uh also, it was the 90 years of the club, and uh, a huge reunion of nearly 90 Bugattis on the hill, and to see—I love competition. I like hill. I like—I like the actual grittiness—is the wrong word, but I love the fact this is living, living heritage.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's funny you mentioned smells because those of us who love automobiles, there are certain cars that have certain smells. I know whenever. My wife comes home and I've taken my older car out for a drive. Nothing as elaborate as a Bugatti. But she'll always come in and say, oh, you took the, I call my car my orange crush because it's a uh, very orange, uh, older Porsche 930 Turbo. And she'll go, oh, you took the crush out for a drive today. Or she'll say your crush. She says it's my other girlfriend. So there you go. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to ask you what I like to call the challenge question, which has to do with challenges in your life overcoming obstacles and how you work through that so keep the seatbelts on we're having fun with bugatti's today we'll be right back i've discovered linkage it's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market driving restoring collecting and discovering your passion for motor vehicles linkage is about experiences opinions and values join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. By the way, if you go to LinkageMag.com and use the code CARSYEAH, you'll get $10 off your subscription. Give it a try. Crash Jewelry is handmade from the metal of luxury cars. While preserving the original factory paint, founder Christy Schimpfke came up with the idea when she moved her jewelry studio into her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop. After watching beautiful Porsche ultraviolet fenders and Ferrari Rosso Corsa hoods head to the scrapyard, she developed her own unique upcycling process of cutting, bending, and sanding the metal into unique wearable pieces of beautiful automotive art. For Women's History Month here on Cars Yeah!, Crash Jewelry is giving away a special Ferrari Art Deco cuff. The cuff includes an empowering message engraved inside. Enter to win today by subscribing at CrashJewelry.com. Plus, Christy is offering Carjia yeah listeners 10% off in March when you use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's CrashJewelry.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. And don't forget to follow Christy on Instagram at Crash Jewelry. All right, we're back now. I like to ask my guest about a big obstacle they've overcome. And it's really more about what it taught you so you can move forward in a positive way, uh, looking at challenges and failures with a very different light, just what most successful people do. So walk us through a time in your life that kind of sets you back on your heels.
1: One of the most challenging things I found was moving country um, and I wasn't that young. I was 21, but I decided to leave France to start a career in in the UK, in London. And uh, I had a full-time job, which was very demanding and very interesting. But um, having done well in my interviews and uh, and with my education, all the rest of it, fundamentally, I'm quite a shy person. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember that uh, I was equally thrilled and completely. Completely gutted. That one of my first assignments was to work in the press office, where I'd spend the whole day talking to people, uh, welcoming people, briefing people. And I think I spent the first year in a state of permanent blushness, if that's even possible. Is that a word?
0: Yes, I think so. It is now.
1: <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I was bright red for a year, and then my skin got bored, and uh, I relaxed a little bit. <laughs> But I just thought that shouldn't hold me back, and it's something you know it comes and goes sometimes. I think it comes with being a compulsive overthinker. But um, my advice for anyone is that it never feels as bad to anyone else as to yourself, and uh, and just keep talking and doing, and eventually your body will step in and and help. <laughs> it took a year, but <laughs> I got
0: there. It's very well said that I've heard this from so many guests that when we put ourselves out of our comfort zone, that's when great things start to happen. And most of the time, the fear that is occurring is all within us. It's not outward. That is, people aren't really noticing it, don't really care that much. You know, you just have to step out and do it. And Absolutely right. Uh, Get out there on the edge, get there on the edge of the track where there's some marbles out there where the car might break loose a little bit, See, see where the breaking points are and so forth. When you think back now about that challenge, is there a different way you would have handled it now that you know that you can overcome it? And the reason I ask this part of the question is for someone who could be listening that deals with shyness, deals with Self doubt, perhaps that is kind of manifest in shyness and a little bit. My father taught me years ago that fear is really an acronym for false evidence assumed real, Mm -hmm. that we think something's going to be bad, but it really isn't. Yeah. So uh, how would, how would you uh, handle that differently or share with somebody else so they can be nudged out there onto the, onto the ledge? Uh, The ledge is the wrong thing to say. The edge of the branch where it might bend a little bit, but let's not say it'll break off.
1: I think comparison with the ledge is not helping people relax. No, at this point. probably not.
0: <laughs> that was a silly thing to say, Mark. Retract that, but I I'll leave it I, in for fun.
1: Yes. I think imagine a wonderful ocean that's waiting for you to dive in and, and make the best of it. That's probably more sort of appealing. Yes. Uh, perhaps. Yes. I don't know. To me, anyway. But uh, yeah. I, I'm one of those people with the best advice given by other people some things you just have to work your way through it and uh, people around you will support you but someone talking you with logic through what shyness or fear or social anxiety all the other things are I wouldn't have thought is enough you need to challenge yourself and Perhaps not at a high dose, you know, don't go out there and do a speech to a thousand people without notes, but challenge yourself very much in the CBT mode, cognitive behavioral therapy, where repetitive exposure and increased exposure to things that trigger how you feel about uh, about public speaking or, or other performances that involve potential judgment by other people or critiques or if you're nervous about that. I think when we're talking earlier on about what um, young young people, young girls should do or young women who would like to go into any career, really, when I do careers evenings uh, as a volunteer and they say, oh, how can you get into public relations? How can you get into this? I always say volunteer, volunteer. If there is a way of, you know, making your mistakes as well as your first successes as a volunteer, go for it. And you're not going to be writing the next Pulitzer immediately, but you might be writing a little review in a local publication. And I heard a fantastic word today in a, in a seminar. Apparently, the future is glocal. So, glocal. Going, g- local. so going local, but on a glocal uh, level, but using that local approach where you connect with people. And you can practice that on your local paper, uh, on your local blog, and then just learn your craft.
0: Great advice, awesome advice. Some golden nuggets you're dropping on us here. Love that. <laughs> when you think about your bucket list, what's a great thing you'd like to still accomplish either in your life or in your business?
1: I have a relentless bucket list. I, I mean, I add things to my bucket list probably at least once a week. Where I think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do this? Wouldn't be excited, exciting to bring this car to the museum. Wouldn't be fantastic to do, go on tour, to have an offshoot and another. That's why I work with a board and wonderful teammates and colleagues called David and Sue. So that out of all that enthusiasm, we make plans that are realistic and feasible. But I think my bucket list has no bottom.
0: (laughs) Uh, The bottomless bucket list. You know, there's a quote. I'm going to keep that one on my list. The bottomless (laughs) bucket list. My buckets are so heavy, I can hardly pick them up. So
1: you should keep on dreaming, keep being enthusiastic, and keep on putting things into that bucket because because why not? Who's stopping you?
0: Absolutely. Even if you think you can't pick that bucket up with that dream in there, put it in there anyway because you'll find a way. That's for sure.
1: Get people involved. Carry the bucket together. Just, you yeah. know, don't give up.
0: <laughs> I love that one too. Carry the bucket together. What are some uh, positive ways that you like to help others? get into the automotive world you mentioned children people or old people anybody coming into the museum and sharing with them but are there some other ways that you've found that are great to bring people into this automotive hobby the profession that we're all in
1: i think we've worked hard at the trust to make it feel inclusive so that whether you're interested in cars or not you feel welcome whether you're five or 95 you feel welcome and i think the 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 ch- not the challenge, but the most important thing about any organization is to adapt your storytelling so that people feel welcome and the story is the right story for them, which is why we always we're so pleased with our wonderful volunteers who do the guided tours through the museum because some people will come in and they don't want to be bothered. They like to spend an hour quietly reading other people will come up and say, right, what are the highlights? Make it fun <laughs> and get home with it, which is a, a lovely challenge. And um, the other organizations I got involved with during lockdown, actually, was an organization called Revs Limiter, who's got now a very strong Facebook presence. And it was all about bringing a community together. And uh, one of the three events fundraised for S- Mission Motorsport. I don't know if you're involved with, if, you, if you're familiar. Share with me. Mission Motor Sport is uh, a charity in the UK that helps servicemen injured in service to find uh, jobs in the automotive industry and placement. So it's a fabulous organisation with um, very, very inspiring people involved in it. And uh, we also worked with, uh, well, we, REVS, and I'm one of the volunteers for REVS, worked uh, in supporting a charity called Starter Motor, which helps getting apprentices into historic Restoration businesses, and the last um, charity, which is not directly connected but very Im- to, to the automotive business, but very important in the current climate, is Mind, which is a mental health charity in the UK.
0: Oh, magnificent! Well, my listeners know that my charity of choice is Tech Force here in the United States, which helps many people get into the automotive sector. So uh, fantastic! I'd love to reach out to some of those people that you've shared with me today and have them on the show. I've had guests on the show that help. People who've come back from combat that have lost limbs, people that help PTSD sufferers get over that or work through that or, or forget about it for a while with motorcycle rides or building motorcycles so they can focus that mind on something more fun and enjoyable. Fantastic. What's the high point for you so far, if you can pick just one, something you're really proud of with what you've been doing in the automotive sector?
1: I think when that Type 5950B mail car came off the transporter and touched British so- soil for the first time in 80 years, I shed a tear. It was quite. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> There's lots of them, and I'm quite an emotional person, so uh, I, I tend to get quite easily overwhelmed by meeting people and bringing people together and, uh, and cars in the right place with the right person. We had an owner come in recently who owns this extraordinary car that Rennie Dreyfus raced to victory in Belgium in 1934. Well, we have the cup at the Trust, and giving this gentleman the cup to hold you know those are the things
0: <laughs> yes i understand i get yeah, it
1: I that's, very, that's very special and then just meet the meeting some of the people meet, so you know uh, over the years has been has been wonderful and um yeah i love my <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i can tell just a little bit we'll take another short break uh, we'll hear from tech force here real qu- shortly and we'll be right back for what i call the ultimate drive so sit tight I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at cars Yeah is TechForce Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem-solving and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently and not every successful career demands a 4-year university technical education, and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars. Yeah. Hey, fellow inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Did you know if you subscribe at CarsYa.com, I'll send you my free filler up book. It's an ebook filled with fuel, filler fun, and inspirational quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get a weekly wrap-up email from me every Friday, and your name will be in the hat for one of the many free giveaways here at Cars yeah. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button, and boom, you're in the club. And don't forget to subscribe to Cars Yeah on your mobile podcast app, and you'll get the Cars Yeah show delivered right to your mobile device every day, absolutely free. Inspiring automotive enthusiasts? That's what we're all about. You're at Cars, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. If I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to go on a drive with somebody very special in the automotive world, or it could be somebody in your life, either living or someone who's passed, what kind of car would you be in? Who would that person be and who would be driving?
1: It's quite difficult to narrow it down to one person and one car because I'm Especially now that you say that the 8th of March and uh, the date and the, the responsibility of all of this, <laughs> I want to say I want to be with helenise <laughs> ooh, in a Grand Prix Bugatti. And I would definitely let her drive and uh, and and imbue myself of her joie de vivre and her exceptional talent. When initially I was going to also say René Dreyfus in a Type 53, so I'm conflicted now. <laughs>
0: Well, those are two great choices, absolutely. Well, let's take both of them. If you could ask each of them one quick question on this marvelous drive that you would be taking with them. Let's start with Renee.
1: I would ask Renee Dreyfus what he would think of a world where all cars were electric.
0: Mm, That's a great question.
1: Because I spend quite some time thinking about the future of what we all do in an electric environment or working with students who are very... Who are developing artificial intelligence and uh, self-driven cars, and one of them came up to me and said, "Oh, you must all be so happy, your generation. That that's what we're working on." I, I think it's very touching that actually they think. Well, that's certainly that student in th- in particular thinks he's doing something really truly wonderful for 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 us for the future when self-drive um it's it's you know it's not for me but then i'm cars through and through i, I love driving I, as you said we, I, we, I like the smell and all the rest of it and i think i'll end up being this dinosaur um i, I won't be the only one <laughs> who's mourning the combustion engine and the way the younger generation look at us i can see the criticism because of what they see we've done to the planet but it's uh I'd like to know what Rennie said. He was, a, he was a very level-headed man, and he was a very clever man and very thoughtful, and uh, and I just would have liked to see what he he thought the future should have been.
0: Wow, that would be quite an answer I think you'd get. Now, how about that other driver? What would you ask her?
1: Uh, Helenise, I just, I wouldn't know. I'd be <laughs> speechless, I'd be in awe, I'd be in rapture. Um, she did so much for... How women were seen in motor racing, and she was a trailblazer. She set records for speed, for endurance, and some of them are still standing today. Um, we are currently working on a project with uh, with one of her descendants, which is incredible. And I would ask Helenise what makes her most happy in her life. And then I saw a quote where she said, uh, "What makes her a gem life and movement." I know that. She said that in an interview at the time. But if we could travel back in time, I would ask her what she would have liked to say to Chiron when he accused her of being a collaborator, when she was making a comeback into rally driving after the war.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow, you've got some tough questions. I don't know if I want the mic switched on me with you. (laughs) (laughs) We'd have to go deep. Is there a book that... You'd like to share that you've read, you think our listeners would really enjoy?
1: I was thinking about that, and I'm a compulsive over reader. I think I mentioned that earlier on. So I like a huge variety of books. But um, there's a book by Bill Bryson that I will go back to and read once a year and just relax. (laughs) And it's his Walk in the Woods. And I go camping, I've never been camping, I have no desire to walk the woods but i love his experience and the way he tells me it's the most relaxing sort of closest i'll get to camping um walk in the woods
0: ah great choice i love it you can find all these wonderful links that angela's been so good to share on her very own show notes page on the website just go there and type in angela hookah i'll pronounce i'll spell her last name h-u-c-k-e so I understand comes from the, the countryside in Germany originally, that name. So uh, there you go. All right. We're up to uh, a bit of some parting thoughts here. Before I let you drive off into the sunset in one of those beautiful Bugattis, could you <laughs> offer my listeners one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance from your perspective on this magnificent day where we're celebrating international women?
1: A parting thought on, I'm stumbling now because I want to put too much into it. <laughs>
0: Well, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. I know this is a, it's a broad brush here, but I always often say maybe just to a a young woman who might be coming into the museum and starstruck and starts to see what her life could be around automobiles. What would you say to her?
1: I was going to bring it back to Aerosmith, really, with your permission. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. Let's go Aerosmith.
1: <laughs> One of the great quotes, and whenever I've, I've, I've thought about it, I shouldn't say it's Aerosmith because I don't I don't want you to be biased, but it is, life's a journey, not a destination. And basically, in a nutshell, is slow down and pay attention because there is so much to see and experience. And I'm saying this as an older mother and... Uh, You really don't want to miss out on on any moment of this very special life. And I'm sure COVID's brought that more to the forefront than ever, how precious it it all is. But uh, it also brings me back to CBT and living in the moment and the mindfulness of appreciating the right here, right now, and then take that perspective to puts you in a good frame of mind for what you're heading towards. And I think that probably would be my advice to anyone setting off in a career or or just getting up and getting on with their day. (laughs) Keep it simple and make the best of that moment in time, and then there'll be another one.
0: Very well said, Angela. That's marvelous. What are some of the many ways people can learn more about Bugatti Trust Museum?
1: We have a dedicated website for the Bugatti Trust and we're on Facebook. We're on, where else are we? We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're not on TikTok. (laughs) I don't know how to do that, but uh, maybe one day. And uh, we recently launched a YouTube channel where a lot of the videos we created for the uh, Virtual Vintage Bugatti Day, well we created, we we created, we had a huge amount of support from the international Bugatti community, including the Schumpf Museum and the French Club, the American Bugatti Club did a wonderful video. So lots to see there, but that's on a dedicated uh, YouTube channel and all the videos are there for everyone to see.
0: Brilliant. I'll make sure I put links to all these on Angela's show notes page so you can find them. I encourage you to check this out. And when we can all travel again, uh, you're so fortunate to get over to the UK. This is a place you have to put on your bucket list to go check out, walk in and say hello to Angela and enjoy this incredible, incredible place. Bugatti Trust museum listeners you can find everything again on angela's show notes page on the car show website angela thanks for celebrating international women's day with me today what fun thank you for sharing your magnificent story in your life you are living the dream until you and i talk again or we see the get see each other in the uk i'll see you down the road
1: thank you mark thank you so much
0: this has been fantastic the pleasure's all mine
1: oh what fun
0: did you know that Cars yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! as one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Carsia yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Carsia yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at com or through the website at carsia.com today.